Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. I uh, I am pretty blessed that I have an awesome mother. Uh, so that may qualify me to preach today. I don't know. Maybe not, too. But uh, I was praying about a message for Mother's Day, and I was telling Keevan, usually Mother's Day's messages always go about the same, right? Usually you start out in Proverbs 31, and you go into this mom did this, and and, you know, mothers are wonderful, let's go on. And I didn't want to do that. We all know mothers are wonderful. You've all seen all the same messages I've ever seen, and they're all the same. So I prayed, and I'm like, Lord, I don't want a Proverbs 31 message. And that was the first place I went. So, it, uh, yeah. But it will be different. I just want to let you guys know that I'm not, uh, I don't know. I think it'll be a little different for you. But if not, blame God. I prayed for it. So, uh. We're only going to be in Proverbs 31 for one verse, and it says, Proverbs 31.10 says, A wife of noble character who can find, she is worth more than rubies. And uh, this tells me whenever this is said that it's hard to find a, a wife of noble character, but I think sometimes the reason why we don't find people of noble character is because we're not looking. Right? It's... It's easy to look at somebody's flaws. It's not easy to look at a, a wife of noble character or even a mother of noble character. And, and I, as I said, I have a great mom. I love my mom. I know, you know, I always say, you know a, a, a Christian by the way they act, right? I shouldn't have to walk into somewhere and try to convince somebody I'm a Christian. I should walk into somewhere and they'll be like, there's something different about you. You know, Cyril and I were over talking to some people in the community in Evansville yesterday, and the guy's like, whatever you guys are on, I want that. Right, he may not recognize what it is, but he knows there's something different. You know, I think it's the same way with mothers. I don't have to convince you somebody's a good mother. You just recognize qualities, and you're like, there's something different about that mom, right? Or you know, people come to me all the time like, you have a wonderful mother. I don't have to convince them of that. If I was going to do anything, I'd try to be convincing them the other way, right? But she is awesome. So it uh, we shouldn't have to a a we shouldn't have to always point out how great mothers are or anybody else it should just be recognized but sometimes we don't pay attention to that okay so and there's a lot of women i'm going to actually go through uh i googled um mothers in the bible and it gave me a top 10 list which i thought was really odd but it was only in chronological order and i'm not giving you that top 10 list but it got me thinking about how many mothers there are in the bible and and how it got me thinking on different moms that we may not notice what they are, right? And it, uh, and when I think of a mother, it's not just a biological mother. You know, we have an adopted mother here. We have spiritual mothers here. And you notice those people. You know, whenever I see Shelly around a kid, I know wherever that kid's at that they're going to be mothered by Shelly. There's not a kid in this play that comes around that Shelly's not loving on, right? And, uh, and I don't think she's going to pop out a kid today. But if you do... You got another spiritual mother right right there, right? And that's the way God works. He uses women as spiritual mothers and in a time whenever we need it more than ever because we don't have a lot of spiritual dads. And the spiritual mothers are trying to fill in that spot. And and, uh, and this will be a challenge also for men. We need to step up and help because women are trying hard and we need to try harder. So uh, I'm going to mostly talk about mothers and then I'm going to end with Scripture. So the first mother I want to talk about... Eve. It wasn't nowhere in the top ten list, 
was Eve. Because you look at Eve and you think, well, she kind of raised a murderer and she was the first sinner. And uh, that's what you see, right? You see, like, she wasn't that good. But what about Abel? The only way Abel knew to give his best and his first fruits was if he was raised that way. Cain knew he was supposed to, he just didn't do it. He was raised properly. He knew he had to give his, his best. He just gave the less. Right? He didn't give the first. And whenever I think about Eve, the reason why I bring Eve up is, you know, how many of us have ever heard somebody say, I don't even want to have kids because this world's so messed up. I just don't want, I, I don't like the idea of my kids being raised in this. So I would never bring a mother into this. It's a lot of reasons why people have abortions. And thank God for Roe versus Wade about to be overturned, but there's still going to be people trying, right? We need to change people's hearts. Who more so than Eve would have thought that? She went from perfect to sin. Could you imagine what she saw? And yet she still raised godly kids. She raised kids who should be worshiping the Lord. But whatever she saw, like from the moment of a perfect world to a fallen world, we have no concept. All we have is from... A really bad world to an even worse world right now is our concept. And we still think it's hard to raise a kid in our worst world. But what did she think? And she still said, I'm going to worship God and all of it. That's a noble woman. Did she sin? Yeah. Interesting is we only know of the one sin, and we all commit it every day. And so we kind of look at her as, you know, she gets, especially for men, she gets the blunt of all the, the, the blows, you know, like, oh, well, if it wasn't for Eve, but really Eve was probably... Well, she was the first mother, and she was probably the first good example of being a mother, right? Because she raised kids to serve God. And uh, did she have issues? Obviously, we're here today. It, uh, next is Sarah. I want to talk about Sarah, who uh, Abraham's wife, right? And in Genesis, Sarah's told she is going to be the mother of all God's people. And it wasn't working out so well. So she tries to take things in her own hand, and she she gives Hagar to be the mother of all God's children. God's that's wasn't God's plan, right? And so here's a woman who was broken, didn't know what to do. She's trying to make God's plan. She laughs when God said, no, I'm going to do it through you. But she didn't turn from God. God was still able to use her. And in the older age... Right, 99, I think, is what she was when she got pregnant. And this is a lady who never gave up. She could have. She could have got rid of that baby. 99 right now, if you go to a doctor right now at 99 years old and you're pregnant, they're going to almost inevitably force an abortion. Not her. She was blessed. She said it. And she praised the Lord and she raised her kids in the Lord. That's what they did, right? And so it doesn't matter how old you get. It doesn't matter what you've done, and it doesn't matter how old you get. The Lord's still going to use you, and He's going to do great things through you. Women of noble characters are not always women who do everything right because nobody's going to do everything right. Women of noble characters are the ones who are serving the Lord, right, and bringing others along. Uh, I mentioned Hagar, uh, the maidservant of Sarah. We all know she got a bad deal. She didn't even want to be in that relationship. She gets in that relationship. She has a kid. She's sent out as a single mother. We see it all the time. 
and the, and the wife hates her, doesn't want anything to do with her, and she feels broken and alone all by herself. And in Genesis 21, God tells her, uh, or Genesis 21 tells us, God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. And this is a point that as she was wanting to leave, God said, I will provide for you. I will take care of you. And she actually had to literally depend on God for everything. It was the only one. It was the only person who could take care of her was God. And so, you know, we often see a, a single mother. A lot of times people look at them and think, well, why is she a single mother? And we start questioning everything about her past. Uh, it should never be that way. God uses single mothers. God wants single mothers to seek him. God wants to be the provider for them. And we see single mothers in that way. We see some single mothers who are powerful women. And we don't always watch that. We don't always pay attention to a woman who's willing to raise a child by themselves as a noble woman. That is noble. It uh, They could easily give up. They could easily just sit by and let their kids do whatever. She actually raised him herself. Yeah, did he go a little bit odd? Yes, but that was part of God's plan too. Uh, Leah and Rachel. I'm going to cover both of these at the same time because these are literally the mother of God's people. The 12 tribes of uh, Israel come out of these two women and their, and their maidservants. And if we actually watch what happened here, they look like they're very manipulative, they look like they're very selfish, and they look like they are everything you don't want to be as a mother, and it's kind of true at first. Right? Because, I mean, they're even naming their kids out of competition with each other. Right? God hates me, or he hates me, and, you know, and my maidservant over here, Lord forgets me, and, and they, they're in a competition. But, but Rachel, if we look at her first, she is so jealous because God won't bless her. You know, she is the apple of her husband's eyes, but she feels like God has abandoned her. She feels like she has no place. Still serves God. She still loves her husband. She still prays to God, and she asks for more. And she gets Joseph. And later on, she gets Benjamin, right? And we know Joseph in the immediate was the one who uh, Jacob loved most. We also know that in the immediate, he's who God used. But Leah, who nobody wanted, Jacob was forced with her, right? She never felt loved. She always felt like she was in a helpless marriage where, you know, she had to barter to get time with her husband. She's in a broken marriage. She's in a rough spot. Yet Lord uses her to birth Judah, which our Savior comes through. Right? And she is a woman who, even when broken, God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you as a line of my as my son, you will be a great 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 grandma of my my son, and these are things we don't see. Like we go through a lot of stuff. Women go through some things that men. We put women through a lot of stuff, and uh, yeah, it says in, in Genesis thirty, you see where God actually remembers Rachel and just like really blesses her and pours himself out to her and blesses her with a son. But these ladies went through a lot. They were in competition, 
And back then, you have to remember, you were probably not going to be a uh, you were probably not going to be a wife on your own. You were probably going to have to share your husband. But that was because God was trying to grow His kingdom. He's trying to grow His people, and and He was doing what He could to grow them, or allowing what He could to to grow them. And and that, but that's a hard thing. Think about that. Even like, I don't want to say women that you may get jealous sometimes for your husbands, but you would. It's a whole different kind of jealousy, and you should be jealous for your husbands. Uh, the next one is one that we often overlook, which is Jochebed. Moses' mom. And uh, Moses' mom, I don't know that we relate with her as much as maybe they do overseas. Uh, But Moses' mom was told that her son was going to be killed, had to be thrown into the river and killed. And for three months, she hit him. She hit him for three months. And a lot of people have said, like, why didn't she run away? Why didn't she try something else? Why didn't she do anything else? But for three months, she protected that baby, and then she did what God called her to do. She floated that baby down the river where he'd be found. He gets found, and then her daughter, Miriam, is serving Pharaoh's daughter and says, whenever Pharaoh's daughter said, I want to raise this baby, Miriam said, hey, I know a lady who can who can uh, breastfeed this baby, who can take care of this baby. She got to go raised her son to know the Lord in Pharaoh's house where the guy was actually trying to kill him. And we know that she was a good mother who went ahead and raised her son for the Lord because Moses always knew who he was. He knew from the get-go. He wasn't worshiping the Egyptian gods. He wasn't worshiping anybody other than God. He knew God had a purpose for him. He knew there was a plan for him. Now, did he go out and mess up at first? He did, but we know what happens with Moses, and it's all because his mother loved him so much, she did whatever it took to make sure he was going to serve God. A noble woman. And you will see that everybody who is a noble person in my mind is uh, serving God, or raising their kids to serve God. James one twenty seven actually says religious uh, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep ourselves or keeps oneself unstained from the world and I share that scripture for one reason because there's one mother in that scripture uh, with Moses that we don't even think and that's uh, Pharaoh's mom our daughter Pharaoh's daughter saw this lost boy and took him in as her own. We forget that. She could have let that boy die like her dad wanted. But she saw the guy, the boy, and knew there was a need. That's what we're to do. We're, we're to care for orphans, it tells us, and widows. But we have so many orphans. Not only do we have so many orphans in the world who truly do not have parents that need parents, we have a lot of spiritual people out there who are needing spiritual mothers. And uh, there's not a guy in here who don't know a spiritual mother who prayed them to where they're at. Right? And we need that. We need somebody who would come in just as she did with Moses. Uh, 
I'm going to try to speed this up a little bit because I know it's Mother's Day and we want to hang out with mamas. Uh, Samson's mother. Samson's mother's so overlooked that we don't even know her name. It never tells her name. But she was uh, married to Manoah, and she was childless. She wanted a child. And we know in Judges 13, it says that the angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by the razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite. Dedicated to God from the womb, he will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. This is a woman who followed everything to a T that God told her to do with her son. Great mom. Did everything right. And then what does Samson do? Goes out and acts the fool. Right? That's what he did. Now, in the end, he returns to where he should be. But sometimes a mother is doing everything right. She's raising her child the way God would have them. And then sometimes a child just goes off the path. Those kind of mothers need our love. They need help. They need prayer. They need. But I also want to make sure any mother who has that doesn't get disheartened because Samson does come back. It takes a hard life for him to get back to where he was, but he was raised properly and he knew his destiny. He knew who he was supposed to be. And sometimes it just takes that little bit of something to get where they need to be at. So, uh, the next one is uh, a woman who we mostly look at as a woman of sorrow, and that's Naomi. Naomi loses both of her sons. She has the one daughter-in-law leaves, Ruth stays. She's trying to tell Ruth not to stay, but there's something about Naomi that she lived in a way that Ruth said, I will follow your God. Wherever you go, I will go. And it's because of her character and her devotion to God that she wouldn't leave. And if we have women so devoted to God, there will be other women who will say, I'm going to follow who you're following. Right? And then we see Ruth later on becomes the the father of uh, Obed, who becomes the father of Jesse, who becomes the father of David, who is the lineage of Christ. And she's not even a Jew. She's not an Israelite. But because of her mother's faith, she has faith, and God uses her. Right? And these are women who just would, they were so devoted to God and to one another that they wouldn't leave. And it's those devotions, you know. There's so many stories in the Bible that we can go over forever and ever about these women who just stuck to God. Right? They stuck to God, and there's... There's these great, beautiful stories like this, and we overlook them because, you know, it's not the feel-good message always. They had to go through a lot and still show nobility and show that they had noble character. This is what I like about Ruth. In, in Ruth one sixteen. it says, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will be, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you from me. Naomi is a woman of noble character. If somebody's willing to follow her in that way, the way you follow God, 
I'm going everywhere with you. And 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 that's I know I like that she went through some hard times and still and she was bitter when she went through hard times. We know it because she says she is. But she was still so in love with God that Ruth said, Wherever you go, I'll go. When I die, I'll 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 die with you. And her whole life was dedicated to serving the same God Naomi served. Uh just a couple more here I want to point out and uh one of them's Hannah. Now, this is a mother we do get a lot on Mother's Day, and uh, so I was hesitant to put her in here. But Hannah, scared a husband. The other wife's having all these kids, and Hannah doesn't have a kid. She is being ridiculed, mocked, bullied, and the world's telling her, all these people are telling her how bad she is, right? Well, the reason why you don't have a kid is you're you're cursed, and and there's a lot of women who don't have kids who feel this way a lot of times, especially at Mother's Day. Because a lot of times Mother's Day's messages are not the best messages, especially when done by men, because we have we celebrate just a few mothers, and some mothers walk away thinking like, well, I miss that mark. Or single women, well, I'm not even married. Or women who don't have children, they're like, well, what about me? And that's where she was. She was at this point, what about me, God? And uh, she's a woman of noble character. She prays and she prays. And it says, Hannah prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Uh, she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him the, to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. And... uh it goes on to tell us that he did that. He gave her a son. And she remembered her promise to God and what she told him she would do. And she dedicates Samuel to um, to the temple. Takes him for Eli to raise, right? But she was so broken and, and so in love with God and so praying. And she knew that was the only one. Because her own husband's like, oh, I'm good enough. You don't need a son. And But she knew what God was calling her to. And she was broken and she's crying to the point that Eli says, well, drunk woman, get out of here, right? But she wasn't drunk. She was praying. And she had a heart that she just wanted to have a son to love and to dedicate to the Lord. And uh, we know he does it. Samuel raises up. What is Samuel gets to be the prophet who actually gets to pray over Saul as the first king and David as the second king, right? And it's uh, all because he had a loving mother who wasn't going to give up no matter what the world said. Uh, Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mom, same thing. Uh, older, barren, never thought she'd have a kid. God says, hey, you're going to have a kid. Zachariah's kind of doubting a little bit, but she isn't. In uh, Luke 1, we say, do not be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife... Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Zechariah still questioned how this would be possible, and because he doubted, he struck mute for the whole pregnancy. But Elizabeth didn't doubt. Elizabeth in uh, Luke one twenty five says, The Lord has done this for me. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. 
And we know that her faith was so strong that whenever Mary walks in with the Son of God in her womb, the baby weeps, uh, leaps up inside of her. But we also know she is the first woman, the first person that we know of filled with the Holy Spirit because of her faith. Blows my mind. Her husband didn't have the faith. She did. And uh, the last one, and worship team, you can come up. I'm going to do one more mother and then share scripture. But uh, the last one is Mary. Mary, a woman who's having a, ba- a baby out of wedlock, who could have easily said, God, I don't want to be the one because I don't want to be ridiculed. I won't, don't want to be looked at wrong. Instead, when God said, I want you to do this, she did it. And she dedicated that child to God. And we know that Jesus loved her so much that whenever he died, he looked upon her and she said, hey, this disciple is now your son and you are his mother. And they were together because he loved his mother so much that he was going to do whatever it took to make sure she was taken care of. And that's a challenge for all of us to make sure we do the same. He loved her. I don't have to go over Mary. We all know Mary. We know a lot of what she went through. But I will say before I go through, I'm going to go through Philippians 2 here in a minute. Uh, Rather, you're a mother who has great relationships with your kids, bad relationships with your kids, your kids are struggling, your kids are doing great. Rather, you're a mother of spiritual kids. Rather, you're a mother who's lost a kid, no matter what the, the, the deal is. You're a mother. You were ordained by God to love people, to serve children, to come alongside them. And whenever we have a society with very few men being men, we need you women. Like, literally, we need you women. And it, uh, I, I, I just think that we were at that revival uh, Friday night, I think it was, and Cyril was there with his two kids. And he's up being prayed over, and his two kids go running off. And Patty Bug, who's been a friend of this church for quite a while, uh, she runs over, and she just starts playing with these kids. She's afraid they were going to go run into the street. And uh, Patty Bug, I don't know, she's probably in her 60s. You know, she could have easily said, some younger person can do that. Somebody else can go over there, you know. Well, you know, virals with some church people, they can do it. But she didn't. She went over and she grabbed those kids. And the first thing she starts doing is dancing with them, trying to entertain them. And she's being a mother to these little kids. They have a mother. But in that moment, they needed somebody there, right? And I imagine they'll never forget that moment, right? Because they're at a tent revival, first off, which is probably weird to them. Well, maybe not them. They came from Africa, so maybe not them. But, you know, we need that. We need mothers to come along and help. And we have single mothers all over our communities who don't know how to be mothers. They don't know, you know, they're in the same places like a Hagar and and different ones like that that they don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn, and they need good mothers to help them. And we have lots of motherless and, and fatherless children who need a good mother and they need somebody who can just love them and uh, and we have that we have a lot of good mothers here who do help so many other people and we want to honor you today and I'm going to close for with this scripture and then we're going to pray over you but Philippians 2 says therefore if you have any encouragement from being united in Christ if any comfort from his love if any common sharing in the spirit if any 
tenderness and compassion that make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and, and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And we're blessed we have mothers who live this very thing. We have women in this church who are this very definition of loving, selflessness. If, if, you, if you have a mother, you know she was selfless because she raised you. And we're hard to raise. And uh, goes on and says, Who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of his servant, being made in human likeness. And we sometimes, as Americans especially, we get to the point where we feel entitled to rest we get entitled to i've already did my part we get entitled to this jesus already did his part he created the whole world right he was sustaining the whole world and he said i'm going to get rid of that and i'm going to go down i'm going to serve and i hope we will always have people not just mothers but people who will do the same deny themselves and serve and be found in the appearance of as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name this uh, that is above every name this is the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father and I just want to encourage everybody mothers definitely continue to acknowledge acknowledge Jesus as Savior Continue to show that. Continue to love it. But all of us take that same, take that same pattern. Follow them. We have women. As I look in here, we don't have one woman in here who doesn't share Jesus constantly with everybody they come in contact with. But sometimes, man, we can get better at it. And we're going to look at these mothers. And we're going to follow their example. It's uh, amazing how blessed we are with women we have in this church. And. Uh, so we're going to pray over you, and I'm going to ask you guys, women, if you could come up, because we're just going to have people near you lay hands on you, but there's far more women here than men, <laughs> which is good. We need more men. So if women can come up, we're going to pray over you, and uh, we just want to bless you. We love you guys. Guys, if you can come up behind them, we're just gonna lay hands on them. We're gonna, we're gonna just pray God's blessing over them. So it uh, gonna be good. Hey Curtis, will you go lay hands on Connie? Yeah, in a in a spiritual way, Curtis, not in a violent way. So, yeah, so let's pray, Father God. I thank you for these ladies, Lord. God, thank you for blessing us with women of noble character, God. And even whenever they may not see it, they may not notice it, you do, Lord. We do. And so, God, let them be encouraged in who you are. Let them be encouraged in what you're doing in their lives, God. 
God, it's hard being spiritual mothers. It's hard being physical mothers. It's hard being a woman of noble character and to walk around knowing that that they're a blessing, God, that they are. They are such a blessing. We need them, Lord. And Lord, I pray a, a special anointing over Lord. I pray a blessing upon them, God. I pray, I pray, Lord, you bless them tenfold for what they put in. Each of them, Lord. Let them always see themselves the way you see them, Lord. And help us as men, Lord, to always encourage them, God. And to point out the the noble characteristics we see, Lord, and to, to help them and to share with them in what they're doing, Lord. And God, let none of them ever feel like they're falling short, Lord. Because like all these women we talked about today, Lord, they had some stuff, God you had a big plan and you had a better plan and you loved them and you saw their value and you knew that you were going to use them Lord so let each of them know that God let them see that we thank you for every one of these women Lord even the ones whose hands may not be touching them right now Lord you touch them anoint them and bless them in Jesus name we pray amen love you ladies We're free. Feel free to uh, go bless your families.